an anthem of self-discovery full of subtle complexity, an irresistibly playful pop track, and a gospel-infused tapestry of sound from a revolutionary rapper. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. So folks, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Carter, you know, this is great. I'm not here to listen to what you have to say. I want to hear your guest on today's episode. And hey, that I get it. That's totally fair. I'm going to try and get us into the episode as quickly as possible. But I do have a few big things to share with you here first. On our last episode, I was a little coy. I had this big secret, this big secret course that was about to release. And guess what? It's out. You can now start learning with Kimbra Vocal Creativity Arranging and Production. That's right. Available now, the two-time Grammy-winning artist Kimbra is releasing her first-ever online course with us here at Soundfly. The wide-spanning course offers a never-before-seen look inside her creative process, including in-depth breakdowns of many of her biggest hits like Top of the World, Goldmine, Like They Do on TV, Settle Down, and many, many more. And it will give you the skills you need to create evocative performances, lush arrangements, and compelling productions. Seriously, this is a very, very, very special course. Kimber and her entire team were just incredible to work with in bringing this thing to life, and I cannot recommend checking it out more. If you do want to check it out, head to soundfly.com, where you can get access to this course, as well as a whole host of other incredible courses. And if you do want to try the subscription, remember, use the discount code THEMES to take 20% off. So joining Mahay and I on today's episode is the aforementioned one-of-a-kind singer, producer, songwriter, Kimbra. I mean, what else is there really left to say about Kimbra? She's just an incredible genre-defying artist. She's just also so fun to talk to. I think you're going to really love the insights that she has on this episode. And we're just so thankful that she was able to join us. We get into all kinds of things on this episode, like creating those beautiful moments of spontaneity in a recording, how to listen with a sampler's mindset, and some exciting news on Kimber's upcoming release. So without further ado, let's get into the episode, Songs Dominated by Vocals. Mejia, 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 how are you doing, Mejia? I feel like you need to stop asking me that, because at this point, people know <laughs> that we're quarantined together, so I'm doing yeah. fine. And you, Carter? I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Nice. I'll tell you why. We have the one, the only Kimbra joining us on this episode. Kimbra, how are you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? <laughs> great. I'm I'm trying to like contain my excitement for this episode. That's gonna be the hardest thing. Like, gotten to know you a little bit through the making of of your course with us, but like, I'm just so excited. I'm over the moon excited to talk songs dominated by vocals. Uh, I kind of know the answer to this uh, for both of you, but were there songs that you considered before you landed on your selection? Mm. I found this really hard. I don't know about you, Mahaya, but <laughs> I didn't know 
know what angle to take it from, you know, because I've been in a real rap space at the moment. I've been kind of only listening to rap music for like months now. Nice. Um, which what, is, what are you listening to mostly right now? Well, I've been going back to my favorite Kendrick albums, like To Pimp a Butterfly and, nice. and Damn is mm. just so good. Yeah. Um, I've also been really mm. into this rapper, Danny Brown, who did a song with Kendrick, which I almost chose for this podcast. It's called Really Doe. People haven't heard it. It's an amazing song. I think Earl Sweatshirt's on it as well, and a bunch of other oh, rappers. Nice. My second choice was Gabriel Garzon Montano. So we did do an episode on um, what was the other vocal theme, Carter? I can't remember now. Uh, songs with memorable, uh, just vocal memorable vocals. performances. Right. So I did yeah. a Singers Unlimited track for that because oh my I love gosh, Gene I love this. Yeah. Right? It just yeah. pierces your soul. <laughs> I got very close to doing another one of theirs and then I was like, we're only at like episode 14 or 15. I need to wait a little while before that comes mm. back around. I considered a couple Julia Easterlin songs. And then Carter and I both thought about Settle Down, but we didn't want to make you feel awkward at the end of the day, so yeah, we it's told much, each other we couldn't do it. It putting too much pressure on ourselves. Like I, I thought about Top of the World, too. I was like, I mean, there's so many tracks oh, of yours we could have picked, but like, it would have been way too much pressure to be like, here's what I think you were thinking <laughs> right? like, like, during this track, so here we are. Wait, Carter, what songs did you think about? I'm, I'm Same question. This one was actually easier for me because... Well, I'm not a vocalist. My perspective was probably a little more narrow. And I had really been like the song that I had I picked, I'd just been playing the hell out of. So I was like, I, I need to find a way to talk mm. about this track. <laughs> and then when we came up with this theme, it was like, I think I think I can definitely make this song work. So <laughs> I won't uh, you know reveal too much right now. So um, but yeah, re- let's let's listen to your your selection, Mejia. What are we listening to? We are listening to It's Me on the Dance Floor by My Brightest Diamond. Is this a song either of you had heard before? You know what? I'm not super familiar with this song, which is crazy because it's right up my alley from the get-go. I know My Brightest Diamond and I have dabbled in and out of the discography, but gosh, that, that wasn't actually ringing a bell and it sounded gorgeous. I think this is 2018, so this is her newest album. Yeah, okay. And it feels really different from the other ones, which is something that I wanted to talk about a little bit right now. Um, for those who aren't familiar with My Brightest Diamond, in the past, mm-hmm. her work has been really in that chamber pop genre. It's a lot of like strings and um, woodwinds mm-hmm. and beautiful instrumentals. This album is a little more, I guess, modern sounding, and it's pretty minimalist all the way through. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I'm not familiar, uh, as familiar as I should be with, with her work, but, like, this track has those kind of similarities when you talk, like, chamber yeah. kind of pop mm-hmm. orchestra yeah. vibe. Like, like the very arrangement. Minimal. Exactly. The arrangement is there. Right. Maybe the instrument's a little different. It's maybe more ambitious in the production even. Um, but yeah, it keeps keeps to that. Yeah. It's very, very cool. I thought of Steve Reich immediately when it started, totally. right? That 100%. was just that hypnotic loop type, you know, um, just cyclical feeling that, that emerges. And then those background vocals sounded almost like they were echoing what the flutes or clarinets would do in a, oh, a Steve Reich song. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I loved that. I didn't even realize how much was going on with the time signature at first. Oh man, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got your back on the chorus for that. I, I figured out what was going on there, but I have no idea what's going on in the verse. One of the most interesting things about this track to me is the fact that, you know, as a listener, you lock into her voice so much that, like, it didn't even occur to me that there were time shifts yeah. happening. Mm. You know, the vocal's so stable and so comforting, I guess. Mm. Um it just feels like extra human, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I got that feeling too. It was like yeah. extremely warm, like a very warm, gooey kind of vocal tone. Totally. Mm. Um, it's interesting that like this is a dance track, but you know, when you picture dance music, you picture like four on the floor. Yeah. And this song manages to create that feeling without actually locking to a very rigorous grid. And right. I think it's the vocal, which is kind of why I chose mm. the song. <laughs> But Carter, you were saying that you did check out the chorus on that. What did you learn? Yeah, I, we, we don't need to dive in too much <laughs> into it, but I, I can tell you that uh, I'm pretty sure like the chorus, the, the phrasing is really, really unique. And the form is just a bar of three, two bars of four. And then the second half of it is a bar of three, a bar of four, mm. a bar of five. I appreciated the most about the song is like, again, when you're in music school and like I still have remnants <laughs> of that when you're listening to music uh, so analytically and, and, and you get like, what's going on? What's going on? Right. I didn't have that that urge when I was listening to the verse. It was just letting yes. it happen. And, and I didn't have a choice but just mm. to let it happen. But then, yeah, when the chorus you hit, I, I, I kind of strayed <laughs> from that. Hey, Mahea, what are you up to? Just toning my skills with Soundfly's newest course, Kimbra, Vocal Creativity, Arranging and Production. You mean it's out? You know it. And whether you're an aspiring vocalist yourself or a producer interested in treating the voice as one of many tools in your creative shed, this one-of-a-kind course will help you develop new methods for making compelling music. And does this course have the same kind of in-depth explanations, engaging activities, and practical suggestions I've come to expect from Soundfly? It sure does. Plus, whether you choose to go through it on your own via the subscription or with the guidance of a personal Soundfly mentor, the online Slack community will be ready to support you along the way. Wow, this sounds like a great way to get going on some of my musical goals for this year. Is there anything else I should know? Just that, if they'd like to become subscribers, listeners of this show should go to soundfly.com and use the code THEMES at checkout. That way, they'll get a major discount. And that's THEMES in all caps, right? Yep. Fantastic. I'll be sure to let them know. While you're at it, would you mind reminding them that Soundfly's mission is to help musicians make meaningful progress on their learning and creative goals? I can definitely do that, Mejia. In fact, I have a feeling they already know. Thanks, Carter. All right, I'll let you get back to the show. And I'll let you get back to Kimbra, vocal creativity, arranging, and production. My hesitation with this song was that... um... I usually like to pick things that I could find notation for just because it speeds up my prep times a million and I feel more confident about technical things. Mm. But like you're saying, even though there's a lot of technical stuff going on, 
I didn't feel the urge to do anything but kind of appreciate it at face value, um, yeah. which is really kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. I love songs that have that ability to sneak in really kind of mm-hmm. intellectual choices, but do it in a way where it's not um, pretentious or, or super obvious. Right. It sounds silly to say as a songwriter, but I'm not a huge lyric person off the bat. Mm. I don't usually listen to lyrics first. I actually listen to the pocket of the groove, the syncopation and the melodies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if, I'm in, if I'm encapsulated by those elements, then I will listen to what the singer is saying because mm. it's sort of like something in me softens. I'm like, I'm feeling really comfortable in this environment what are they saying if I don't like the tones that they've chosen or the production or whatever I won't really let myself go there I'll be like ugh, I'm not (laughs) enjoying this space it's kind of snobby isn't it (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it like as as a bass player that when I listen to music I'm like like yeah sure the bass but I'll definitely lock into the groove and the harmony and I feel bad I'm like why why am I not listening but to hear you say like it's okay to not Everyone has different doorways into music. Some Absolutely. people are lyrics yeah. first, and that's totally fine. And, you know, there's certain songwriters like Rufus Wainwright, for example, who Absolutely. I just listen to his lyrics mm. from the bat. But mm. I think it's because there's something in the warmth of the tones in, in the production that I feel so yeah. um, inside his world that I'm hanging on to the words every mm. moment of them because I feel so safe inside the space and I feel so... Um, held by everything that's going on nothing is distracting me Mm -hmm. you know nothing is pulling off my Mm -hmm. oh what's going Mm -hmm. on there and i think what you're saying about almost giving lyrics more of your time and attention if the music's kind of proven itself to you in a sense it's it's like people you know like i'm gonna care Mm. more about someone's opinion if they've presented Mm. themselves or if they come across in a way that feels trustworthy um, and relatable (laughs) no that's a very good point yeah that makes sense um it's evolution. <laughs> That's just being a person, not a snob. <laughs> I love um, it. We're going so deep already just from one song. <laughs> it's like human nature. <laughs> the song seemed at face value. I was like, okay, this is a huge departure for her. And it's going to be this like shallow, dancey song. It really, really is the opposite of that. And it gets yeah, pretty deep. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, I did mm-hmm. do a little research. Um, and she said that this track in particular is kind of her way of reintroducing herself to music Mm. and dance. Apparently she had a very religious childhood and then, you know, classically trained vocalist. And she really wanted to be taken seriously. And at the earlier stages in her career, the idea of just kind of dancing about, especially as a woman, was kind of difficult to reckon with. And this song was Mm. really her being like, maybe I am this person. And, you know, am I this person? Wow. With very few unique words in the lyrics, it's saying something really deep and thought-provoking. And that's reflected in the music. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's such complexity Mm -hmm. in, you know, the arrangement. There's a tension there, isn't there? It's like a four-on-the-floor beat, but it's actually kind of melancholy. Uh I love love when the storyline is actually being presented in the music in a subtle way. And when you go deeper, you realize, oh, wow. Yeah, this is about a lot more than being on the dance floor. This is about (laughs) femininity and about, you know, social norms Mm -hmm. and status quo and all of that. A small point, but like I also love form wise and and maybe how that impacted and framed the lyrical content. The chorus just hits you. Also, those delay throws in the chorus, or like there's one, two in yeah. the like second chorus, just like the funk guitar, yeah, like kind of random and amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs>
Kimber, you mentioned the funk guitar. I I had that as like the big like that's the glue to me, mm. kind of holding everything together. Like there's something rhythmically and like yeah, the drums are are just kind of four on the floor, but in very odd time, which is very very sick. But the guitar like throughout kind of gives me a, a grounded feeling. I think sounds like that are familiar to us, so they touch a part of you that the song wouldn't have otherwise. And mm. this album, in some ways, is a little bit of a love letter to Detroit. Hmm. So there are little elements of things like that guitar or later in the vocal, you get riffs that remind me kind of of like Motown. I guess another of their big goals with the production was to aim for no more than four elements at any given point in the track. So it's really stripped back and it still feels big in the mix. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's room for a voice, isn't it? You know, there's yeah. there's uh, so much room for the quality and tone of her voice to fill up the space. And I, I noticed the reverb is gorgeous on that track mm-hmm. as well. It's like yeah. really making it feel kind of epic. And um, yeah, that's that's really cool to know that they took that approach with it because that's what creates the shift in the chorus as things become so sort of sparse uh-huh. and, and totally. wide. Yeah. The vocals are, like you guys were talking about earlier, Filling the space that maybe orchestral instruments or more synths might have otherwise. Yeah. But at the same time, I think, you know, because a voice has the ability to use different syllables, it creates a different atmosphere around the song. Like, I know because we've been working at your course, Kimbra, that um, the idea of like characters with voices Mm -hmm. is something that Mm -hmm. you talk about a lot. What role do these background vocals, if you even want to call them background vocals, play in this story? Like, I couldn't decide, is it like an inner voice of hers? Are these other elements outside of her? I'm not sure, but Uh they feel very separate from the lead vocal in a way that's pretty cool. (laughs) They're a little girl gang-esque, like the way that- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're definitely, they're supporting her. Uh, not even just like in the production side of things, like it, it does feel like it, it there's more like emotional support almost. Like little, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like they're explaining this world that she's stepping into and is a little uncertain of at the beginning of the song. And mm-hmm. then, you know, each time the chorus comes in, there's a new element there that supports the lead vocal. Um, the first time we hear the chorus, the lead vocal is just kind of out there on its own for the most part. The second time, there's a lower mm-hmm. double. That feels like, okay, you're a little more sure of what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. confidence is there. There's reinforcement. Yeah. What I'm getting in that second chorus is there's more people joining the dance floor, like seeing her and being like, get in there with her, you know? And I'm sort of feeling that eruption of, like you said, confidence emerging in the song as she gets more and more convicted by her own statement. And yeah, I mean, a a low octave is its just like my favorite thing. It's just like thickness, you know, like a thick feeling (laughs) of like weight and importance when you put a low octave on something.
what are we listening to? Oh, damn, I love this song. Um, so the track is called <laughs> Woo. Woo! Um, it's by Remy Wolf. Um, she yeah. is very, very dope. It's cool, I guess, how the internet can do this. I, I like Lennon Steller a lot, the, the songwriter, um, singer and, and, uh, from Nashville. And she had like something on her Instagram where she was like partying to the song and, you know, it's, I, I heard a snippet of it, you know, on Instagram and it said, woo by Remy Wolf. And I was like, this sounds sick. So I went down my little rabbit hole and of course, you know, became completely besotted with this artist. What, what, what really drew me in um from a vocal standpoint was her her timing like mm. she's just so oh, yeah. like swag with this yeah. she's just like so behind the beat and kind mm. of i mean obviously the bass synth is also super laggy and swaggy and but it's just something about her confidence and her delivery she's not overdoing anything she's kind of you, you'll see later in the track she really comes out of her shell and starts like dropping some serious pipes but um at this point in the song this is sort of like sexy restraint everything is just yeah. kind of she's feeding you a little she's getting you these little taste of harmonies and she's pulling it back and she's feeding you a little pulling it back and I just I think intrigue and mystery is so important to me with vocalists because you know there's so many powerhouses and you know it's that's a dope thing to do on a track too but when someone clearly has a huge voice but they're kind of teasing you with it I I really love that um and just really tasteful choices of harmonies you know just emphasizing certain words um she kind of reminds me sometimes of do you guys remember the band the bird and the bee oh yeah Uh absolutely now get up on your there's just a real playfulness to all the arrangements and a sort of irreverence. Like it's a little bit silly, you know, like the mm-hmm. background vocals being like, Whoa, you know, like there's uh-huh. something a little bit like we're just kind of keeping this very like fun. And, and then of course it gets to a place of quite a catharsis that we'll, we'll listen to later. But just off the mm-hmm. bat, I was just so impressed with her tone and it's like, you can hear the rasp coming through. Um, and, and, she's kind of riding that edge of her voice, which is a really interesting thing when singers are are confident enough to play Mm. with their edges. One part, like there was like some kind of nostalgic vibes of the way she starts the second verse. It felt like kind of 90s Mm alt-rock facing almost the way she came out at it, but like in her own way. So high, got lost, got weak in the knees, got botched like a fucked up lip surgery, and the dentist I was telling me to floss my teeth, and I'm running out of So I'm actually remixing a song for Remy Wolf right now. Very we've cool. become nice. yeah, we've become like little buddies. It's kind of fun, like That's like awesome. like kind of yeah. It's it's a, f- a fangirl thing where I would just reached out to her. I was like, I love you, and then she wrote back <laughs> and she's like, I've loved you for years. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's and, pretty stoked to like. And yeah, it was really that. that's amazing. Isn't that so cool? Like, yeah. and then um, she's like, Do you want to remix my new song? I was like, Yes. So I've actually been <laughs> l- listening to her voice on repeat for days. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear the yeah. remix that I've done for her. I've really spun I, it yeah, I can't wait. and made it all about, yeah, just 
put a different angle on her voice and stuff. But um, yeah, she's uh, she's she's got a voice that is reminiscent of certain people, but you can't put your finger mm. on it, and mm-hmm. that's no. why it's really rad. Totally, Do you know what I mean? Like it like brings that's, back memories of yeah. everything you love, but it's so distinctly itself too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Shall we listen to, um, so yeah. if you go to like toward the end of the second chorus when she starts to kind of get into a bridge, I'd love to listen to mm-hmm. that part with you guys together. There's just yeah. such abandonment, <laughs> such abandonment, yeah. you know, like she's just so um, free. And I think that's just mm-hmm. such a beautiful quality to find in a song where you just want to release all of your own feelings because the singer is giving you this permission to just like let loose. Mm-hmm. She's just going for it, you know, and I love the, you know, she's mm-hmm. singing lit the lyric higher and she's getting higher and higher and higher and she keeps going. And that's the thing. We talk about this a lot in the course, um, Carter, is, you know, danger right and risk-taking and ambition and i hear her in the room being like i'm gonna fucking go for it you know Uh i I get that sense of like she's at her edge and she keeps pushing um and i think that just really activates me as a singer as an artist is when i hear that ambition did she produce this track kimber do you know she has um, a partner that she kind of works with and she's very involved those choices in the production were ambitious and Mm. so perfect too like that that's when you land on that stuff but you take risks like that whole outro like we're gonna take a break we're gonna have her voice pan on both sides with this like crazy effect and we're gonna slam down on the beat like it's just it's so good and and it it, that's why you make like it's a it's a simple loop pretty repetitive it's so simple right i love Mm -hmm. the way exactly like i mean the bass helps like like kind of branch things out always like just a grimy sub bass is like gonna get me every single time so good um but that how you extend that like we've got a basic loop like leave it to the ear candy in the production there's something about like artists that that are diy artists that have the production mindset that are vocalists yes. like, like yourself that always find the best ear candy moments like always right. find the greatest little things to inject in a track that when you listen back you're like i missed that the first mm-hmm. time and now i'm so glad that I, that I have it yes yeah. so many cool little moments that just pop out in, they in, have the, ear, in the headphones the thing that you know that you know, like the spark of life, those spontaneous little unexpected things. I think yes. that as well as what you're saying about the vocal performance, um, you know, I don't get locked into singers unless I feel like there's a little bit of an element of danger. Like I want to worry yeah. for them for a second somewhere right. in the song. A little bit of un- discomfort. Yeah. yeah. So it's amazing when someone who has this kind of like vocal power and control is like, I'm going to just like make you feel like I'm going out on a ledge for a second. Exactly. And you're going to go with me. You know? mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I think that those little things in production do that too. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you guys get the appeal of this <laughs> artist because I'm so excited about her. And, and I know from talking to her a bit now that she uh, comes from a kind of jazz school background and also mm. heavy improvisation like jam band stuff, which mm. connects with me because that's kind of how I started out too, is just making songs in the studio just through pure jams and just seeing what comes stream of consciousness. And you can hear that. They haven't sucked that out of the production. No. There's still a feeling of like just some punk rock kind of like jamming 
women in the room stuff, um, which is really hard to kind of capture. I, you know, I feel that I haven't always been able to master that, you know, sometimes taking the live song into the studio, I've lost something, you know, Mm. but I think she's, she's kept quite a raw grit to it, which is, which is awesome. What are some of the things that produce those incredible results? Like just some things that when you look back, like this is why that works. I know you tell the story, Thundercat just warming up on his bass, like that's, that's it. That's the track, right? Like maybe it's just letting these high level artists and and like yourself just do their thing. Maybe it's as simple as that, but is there any other insight that you can Mm. share? I think it's a sampling mindset. Um, Mm. So I'm, you know, I I don't come from a DJ background or or, or sampling, but I did get very deep into the Roland SP404 and enjoying Mm -hmm. kind of creating my own little loops. And of course, even with the voice live, like, you know, the the Settle Down song you guys mentioned is like that revolves around a simple sample vocal thing, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think about producing other musicians like you're waiting for a sample, it changes the way that you listen, so then you're listening for hooks. So it's, it's, it's not only a sampling mindset, it's also a pop, pop writing mindset. Right. So you're waiting for something that is, um, you know, catchy enough to be repeated. It's like when, you know, Prince says, like, there's no mistakes. It's just, you know, just do, do it three times and it's not a mistake anymore. Now yeah. it's intentional. You know, yeah, if yeah. you make a mistake, just do yeah. it again. And it's, you know, something. so I love that idea as well of like repetition changes it takes something that was just like a wanky kind of like riff into something that's now sort of quite grounded and exciting. Mm. Like, so yeah, with the Thundercat example, I mean, a lot of the time it was just waiting until I heard something that, mm. that captured my ears and I could build on. Um, and with jazz musicians, you know, they're, they're flying all over the place, but my brain works like that too. I'm <laughs> yeah. very scattered. So it's, I can work at yeah. that sort of um, pace and, and follow around. But yeah, I mean, same with Omar, um, Rodriguez. Lopez, you know, he he has a style that is quite um, angular, you know, and, and schizophrenic at times. So it is very much a thing of how do I wait until I hear something? And and, and also, I don't necessarily stop the artist when they're working. Mm. I'll just jump right. in on it later, right? So you record yeah. everything, but jump back in and on later and, and sample bits and pieces. Um, and that's, I think, how you keep some of the raw energy, um, you know, is, mm. is keeping keeping moments where they had spontaneity. I'm always trying to find the most spontaneous mm. reaction to the song. And that's why I'll record them, you know, my, my collaborators from the get-go. You know, I won't be like, mm-hmm. and now we're doing the take. Right. Because now they're, <laughs> yeah, and now yeah, they're yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. You know, I want to get their pure, visceral um, first impression. I was going to say, Carter, um, I'm, you know, when I first received the, the theme for this podcast, my mind went to some really elaborate vocal arrangements and kind of, I was thinking there's this band by Cornelius produced them called Selu X Selu that kind of create the entire arrangement with their voice and it's all hocketing and kind of, you know, interesting syncopation and stuff because, you know, that's where I come from. That's what I love is that sort of um, use of the voice to mm. convey all the instruments. But I thought I would choose something that's a little more um, reflective of where I'm at now, which is that I I sort of have reached a point with vocal performance where I am just sort of listening for the essence of the voice and the soul. Mm. And the I, I don't get drawn as much now to trickery. Um, and not to say that's not still an art form and, and it's beautiful, but mm. it's just the classic thing, right? Like an yeah. artist 
gets bored of what they've been doing. And <laughs> that's why I'm glad that we didn't sit here and analyze Settle Down because I find yeah. it so hard to go back to my work and, and, and sort of, yeah. you know, I've moved on from that place right. and I no longer have the same feelings for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy for that to be someone else's experience now because it's no longer my own. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's an interest still with a lot of those more elaborate vocal um, arrangements. But because I'm so well-versed in all of that, I find it so powerful when a singer just jumps on the song, grabs the mic, sings it top to bottom. Mm-hmm. There's maybe a couple of harmonies that come in here and there, but it's like kind of a classic soul vocal that you can pull off mm-hmm. on David Letterman top to bottom. There's no tracks with little things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that now I have this yeah. appreciation for that because it's um, it's the probably the harder thing for me to achieve as an artist. You know, you're always more drawn to the thing that's challenging for you to do. Has the way that you make music, like your creative approach, has that changed over the years? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think what you hear is my interests changing, Mm -hmm. you know, my, Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's, I'm very driven by what I'm excited by in music. So, you know, if I'm excited by um, something with, 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 you know, a minimal record or something that's just got four elements going on, then it's very likely that my next record will probably, you know, sit in that space because Mm. it's purely what I'm, you know, getting excited by when I listen to it. Because remember, I think the role of the artist is to create music that they wish that they could hear and listen Mm. to, right? I actually think that that's a really great place to come from. It sounds selfish, but it's, but if you're going to ask everyone else to be into your music, you have to first be into it, right? You can't, (laughs) that's like cheating people. You can't be like, yeah. yeah. So I always think about that. I'm like, what do I, I love this artist. I love that artist, but what do I wish the combination of them would do? Or what, Mm. what do I wish I could hear on the radio and then try to make that song? Um, So yeah, my, yeah, my interest is changing. You'll hear that in the records, but you'll also hear, you know, me trying to challenge myself, mm-hmm. try to do something that I didn't do before, um, or try to access a a, a, a side of um, my voice, particularly that I haven't explored before. Mm-hmm. Maybe go deeper into a vulnerability that that is scary for me. I think if anything feels scary, it's it's probably the place you should go musically. I want my fans to grow with me as an artist you know as as they grow up and their tastes change that this artist that they've been following for years is also um evolving absolutely Mm -hmm. and and remy like feels like one of those artists that's gonna have that that Mm. kind of trajectory for sure and listening to this track i'm the the coolest thing like yeah we're this track was nine months ago or something like that super recent yeah so and i know she i guess she went to usc i was trying to like rack my brain if we'd ever run into i think we have similar circles like to ever meet her like for that show or something like I, and I hope I get a chance to again for sure. I mean, like this is one of the first shows I got to see when we can go see shows again <laughs> and see like Remy play in L.A. or something because this is so good and such a party that would be. I'm like, oh my god! I I bet you're chomping at the bit though to get out on the road. <laughs> oh, again, dude! Too. Like, yeah, it's know. crazy, especially when there's so much cool music dropping and mm-hmm. there's yeah. no <laughs> catharsis. And that's actually the word yeah. that comes up really strong for me in this yeah. song. Is I just feel like she's embracing. release and catharsis so much and it's something that I need for my mental health honestly is Mm -hmm. is a release and a and a space to embrace the that abandonment um and yeah I don't have that right now and it's it's tough you have to find other ways to achieve it um but yeah for an artist like myself and also Remy you can tell as a very live artist it's Mm. um it's a challenge uh Mm. for sure It'll make, I mean, those first shows back are going to, we keep talking about it. crazy, right? Oh my God. Yeah, I I can't, I can't wait. 
back and we 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 and we back and we back This ain't no intro, this the entree Hit that intro with Kanye I sound like Andre Tryna turn my baby mama to my fiance She like music, she from Houston Like Auntie Yonce Man, my daughter couldn't have a better mother If she ever find another, you better love her Man, I swear my life is perfect I can merge it If I die, I'll probably cry in my own service I, I, It was a dream with the pain. This is like this many rings. Y'all know what I mean. This for the kids of the king of all kings. This is the holiest thing. This is the beat that play. I'm going to save the chorus for a little bit, but we are, of course, listening to All We Got, Chance the Rapper, featuring Kanye West Ugh, and the Chicago Children's so Choir. We were so just good. like getting to it. I feel like right now that was a little bit of a psych out. It is. It's a psych out because what hits <laughs> on that chorus is something else. But uh, your guys' just first experience with with Chance or this track, just uh, yeah, laid on me a little bit. Like when you maybe first discovered his music. Chance for me represents such a fun side of rap, like such a kind mm. of like childlike, whimsical aspect to to you know. But he's all still got so much punch and such a like badass kind of confidence of course which you need to have in, in order to you know pull off <laughs> hip-hop well but it's like there's something so again I use the word irreverent um like Remy Wolf where you just kind of feel like you're his friend from the get-go like you're just mm. hanging he laughs on this track like yeah. right at the beginning it's yeah just like, dude sick. it's just yeah. like can we be friends you know it's just like <laughs> immediately this conversational tone and again like there's nothing intimidating about mm. him you know other rappers mm. have this kind of they get on the track and you're like wow like this is you know kind of um you back up a bit and it's yeah. like that's the yeah. that's the beauty of it is there's such a punch but chance has always just been this like he just feels like he's my he's my friend you know he's just like yeah. such a yeah i don't know I, I i got acquainted with chance through a bunch of his musicians um donnie who's the trumpet player yeah, donnie trumpet yeah, yeah yeah i know yeah. those guys quite well and and we we did a jam one night i think and and they were like Sick. oh we work with chance the rapper and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> you know um and then i of course started started listening to him and it's funny i haven't spent as much time with him as maybe you have Carter. like i i'm a bit more on the kendrick you know bus and yeah. kind of i spend more time there but it's like every time someone plays a chance song i'm like so good when i heard this track i think i was driving the first time i heard this song and it was one of those things where like the song was done and i was going 10 miles an hour faster than i should <laughs> yes, have been probably. Like, yes it just hits you so hard and then like it was just on a playlist that it came up and then i went back i was like okay i gotta dive into to coloring book and you got yep. you know no problem uh, mm-hmm. on coloring book it is one of those records that i i would say listen to all the way through and you'll just it's got the feel good throughout the entire record like that's kind of the only only way that i can describe it you know the thing about this this track why i picked it for the steam is i think that there is there i mean there obviously is a huge change in dynamics throughout the Mm -hmm. track i mean it's a chicken or the egg situation that was either inspired by his performance or the production that inspired Mm. his performance later like i think that there's a a very big cohesiveness between those two things so like right off the top you just have you know donnie trumpet 
Hey, this ain't no intro, this the entree. Hit that intro with Kanye. I sound like Andre. Trying to turn my baby. You have Grace Weber kind of singing in the background mm-hmm. a little bit, like that gospel vibe. Uh, it's very chill. That, when he's saying, we back, we back, that's a throwback actually to a good ass intro from Acid Rap. We back, and 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 we back. Raps just made me anxious, and acid made me crazy. Them squares just made me looser, that wax just made me lazy, and I still make this song. Bringing fans along for the ride and like that communal, mm-hmm. he's totally doing that. And like, hey, I, I remember you guys listening to my mixtape. Yeah. This ain't no intro. This is the entree. <laughs> this is like the big, yes. big yeah. first record for me. So the energy then ramps up halfway. It through does. The first. I love that. I did. You don't see that coming, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. just like a, a not at all. He's yeah. such a rule breaker. He breaks all the rules. I, I want to play that for you guys again, just because it's like those those brass synths are coming in. And he is a performer. It's like, I need to give you something That's so right. that they don't hit you like out yeah. of it. So it's just this like. So yeah, like he he ignites the track Mm -hmm. before those trumpets come in. Favorite line though is, man, I swear my life is perfect. I should merch it. If I die, I'll probably cry at my own service. Like, wow. Yeah. He's sneaking in the big guns, Mm -hmm. huh? Sneaking them in. (laughs) I think that the church plays a pretty big role in his life and and gospel music. I'm not a religious person. I've had some of my best musical experiences playing gospel Mm -hmm. music in, in churches where you're just you're playing maybe a Thai tribute tune and like there's all these crazy harmonies happening. The music is purely there to uplift everybody in the room. Very central to his work, I think, is his own faith and his own, you know, I mean, there's such a deep hope in his work, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's sort of something that's so hopeful and a congregational um, energy. Yeah, uh-huh. congregational energy, something of the community kind of being in there. And the way he achieves that also is um, playing with characters a lot. Mm. Um, when we talk about that in the course, Chance is a perfect example of that. He's just always dropping a new sort of caricature of his personality and it's coming out through the tone he takes um and there's i I like the kind of brattiness in his delivery sometimes it's kind of like you know there's there's something kind of obnoxious and childlike and and um you know it's got that teenage abandonment to it that uh, you know like kids on the block and just like you know but but also a a hopeful church feeling too which you know Mm -hmm. is is great you know the world needs that damn I mean, he seems like like somebody's cool older brother who would show up at like the family party and all of a sudden it's like, cool, you're there. <laughs> He's got yeah. that vibe somehow. Yeah. And it comes through in his performances, which is so... Like, I don't know how you do that with your voice. Like, sum up this entire person we can all relate to. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's sing-song-like, isn't it? Da-da-da, da-da-da-da. There's something just really, like, again, kind of... Um, Playgroundy. F- not frivolous, but just, like, sort of... Yeah, I don't know the right word to, to explain that sort of not caring too much about being perfect, but just mm. kind of letting it just be um, off the mm-hmm. cuff and sort of... Um, pl- yeah, playful is the word, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It was a dream. You cannot mess with the pain. This is like this many rings. Y'all know what I mean. This for the kids of the king of all kings. This is the onlyest thing. This is the beat that played under the word. We've got a very narrow mix through the first yes. verse. Even when the stabs come in, you got the vocals, you got Grace over in the background. There's a lot going on. And then 
the, the prismizer effect comes in and just totally covers your yeah. ears. It's one of those ambitious choices in a mix that was like, yeah, why wouldn't we do this? We're not going to do it by the book. Totally. Like, let's do what we want to hear and put that out. The other Kanye thing on this track, uh, legend has it that he just improvised the the groove on the MPC. Wow. Um, and like very straight. There's not a ton. Obviously, there's like kick and claps, but like he's pumping the energy when he's bringing the claps in on the eighth notes oh, yeah. and then dropping them down to quarters and like doing it so seamlessly. They don't give nothing away. You got to fight for your way. But that don't take nothing away. Because at the end of the day, music is all we got. <gasps> Like, is it influ- is the production influenced by his performance or is performance influenced by the production? And just have you been in situations with your own music where it's gone both ways? I mean, I'm sure it is very much a, a, a like it's kind of again the chicken and the egg. Like, what actually happened first? It's hard to tell. But do you find that that is like the thing where? Maybe the production is influencing what you're laying down so much or what you're laying down so much is then in turn influencing the production. I think it's the former. Um, I think production informs my performance so Mm. much. I mean, I don't cut my final vocals until the production is at a place where I'm closing my eyes and I'm envisioning the vocal performance. And I often have musicians play live, like put a live bass line down as I do my vocal performance Mm. so that their energy can be influencing me. Um, I love that idea of Kanye just on the NPC, like egging chants on. Like, again, it's it's trying to find moments of improvisation in the studio so that you get the energy of um, a live band. Um, we, you know, Ryan Lott is producing the new album right now from Sunlux. Mm-hmm. And, you know, awesome. his production yeah. is a voice in its own in its own right. You know Absolutely. what I mean? It's like it, it's it's such a powerful tool. And at times he will take my vocal and weave the production around it, but almost every time he'll send the production back and I want to recut it because I want to respond to what he's done. I want the listener to hear me viscerally um, being affected by, by what is happening in my headphones. That's such a perfect pairing. (laughs) Like my God, that right. It's going to be so insane. I remember you sharing that earlier. It was like, Oh my God, I can't even, I, I can't even picture what it's going to sound. I'm so excited. It does sound exactly like, not exactly, but it does sound like Son Lux and Kimbra. Like, if you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it just, it, it's cool because when people ask like, oh my God, what is that like? I'm like, it's like what you think, you know? It's like, it's like Son Lux. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like pop yeah. pop songs, but with like a Son Lux kink in, in there and it sort of, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. A Sun Lux track would have been really good on this episode now that I think about it. That's an interesting vocal. Mm, Very interesting vocals. Yep, yep, yep. Just uh, relating it to the theme more in this track of, of vocal dominance, which I which I had forgotten to this <laughs> point, but that's that's what we're talking about. Uh, again, yeah, you have Grace Weber um, ad libbing throughout the track, 
And some of those ad libs are harmonized. So she like, I guess, tracked her ad libs and went back and learned everything that she sung where she wanted to harmonize, oh, cool. of course, and then harmonized on that. It's the entree. Hit that intro with Kanye. I sound like Andre. Trying to turn my baby mama to my fiance. She like music. The second verse, Chance is the master of the that like MC triplet. You know, mm -hmm. like the, uh, I want to play some of this, the second verse here. I give my word from the sermon. I do not talk to the serpent. That's a holistic discernment. That is it. I'm so determined. Told me these goofies can't hurt me. I just might make me some earth tea. I was baptized like we're early. I might get Satan and swirly. You know, I think the way, one of the reasons that Chance the Rapper's triplets work so nicely too is the the lyric choices there. Like it's a very natural way to phrase the things he's saying. It's not fighting yes, the it words. Is, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, like there's other songs. I'm not gonna like name names or anything, but there's other songs out there in the world where you can tell that the artist just wanted to create a triplet feel, but it just doesn't feel right. natural for the lyric. Um, well, he's maintaining that conversational feel exactly. the whole way through. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And just a note on the trumpets too, because I, yep. I'm not a big lyricist, but when I see lyrical prosody, I'm like, <laughs> I, all of a sudden, because Mejia, Mejia's got like me thinking prosody. like songwriting yeah. brain. <laughs> I love it, and now I can't stop like seeing it. Maybe I'm stretching it when it comes yeah. to that, but I think, you know, the gospel influence in Chance's music, and he does it such justice. I, I know that trumpets, like in terms of a biblical reference, from what I understand, it, it's kind of like God's intervention in humanity almost when there's a trumpet. So when he is almost from the pulpit with those triplets and really mm. saying like like these these very powerful themes lyrically the trumpet is blaring as mm, if like this is a yeah. proclamation an absolute triumph. proclamation so yeah. triumph yes. absolutely mm. absolutely I think it's yeah. the, the whole you know hark the herald angels like that's that's the heralding yeah. right there yeah. right there's like quite a lot of potential for it to be cheesy, but mm -hmm. he doesn't do yeah. it. That's the thing is like some of the stuff could be like kind of, I don't know, like labored feeling yeah. or sort of taking something. Yeah. But I mean, Kanye and Chance, it's like the ways that they've been able to honor, yeah, gospel and, and kind of take those influences from their early upbringings and kind of work it mm -hmm. into rap has been really seamless mm -hmm. and kind of, I don't know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do without that mm -hmm. stuff sounding a little bit... Um, yeah, just like out, out, too outside of the genre well, or something. Especially children's choirs, right? Like <laughs> right away, that's the sort of thing where yeah, it's like yeah, there's yeah. times when people use that and it is just cheesy, but it feels totally. right. And I think part of it is it that playfulness. One last thought I had just on the like the the gospel nature of the track is on the outro when the when the choir comes in, you have uh, that rich kind of gospely almost harmony. Like there's uh, there's a even like kind of that organ sound. Uh, playing at the end, which some of my favorite like harmonic devices, just a passing diminished chord. Uh, like it, it's just so sick. We're gonna listen to that. We know we got it. We know 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 we know we got it. Music, music, I mean, I want to say tension, but that is drip. I'm going to start using that word from now on, like forever, because that's all, oh my God, it's so sick. Oh. Just E flat, uh, E flat over G, 
And then you you could play G7 after that, but I think it's I'd rather do B diminished, which is basically the same chord, but B diminished yeah. to C minor. It's so uh, satisfying. Just in three chords, so much tension and release. They're all such deep musicians, right? And mm. you know that they could be playing yep. like all clustered stuff all the way through or whatever. But they chance does a really good job of like keeping things kind of ugh, for one of a better word, accessible or whatever, but then sneaking in. Like the like real nerdy kind of music things. Wow. It's like I love when artists do that. Like they kind of they tease you with with the really um, the kind of more high level stuff. The last thing, uh, there's a Sean Mendez cover of this track. I, I didn't know. I don't that. listen to too much Sean Mendez. He's a good Canadian guy. I'm Canadian, so yeah, like we're yeah. I mean, he's got a great so. voice. He got a great voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, you know, when you hear a cover so stripped down, you're like, oh wow! Like it, it all of a sudden unearths like the richness even more of the the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Great songs standing on their own aside from the production. The production is so much fun and makes the track really what it is at the end for sure but like can you sing it and play it with just your guitar and and is it or can someone amazing? else and sing it and play it. with just a guitar and will it 100 this is officially first this is the third this is the music song we got so we might as well give it all we got Kimber, of course, like, I mean, I, I missed, of course, if we didn't ask you, but you have a brand new course out with Soundfly. We're so, so excited about it. Uh, Kimber, vocal, creativity, arranging, and production. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about, like, what artists can expect going through this course? Yeah, man, we went deep in that course. I'm, yeah. I'm super excited for what people are going to take away from it and how it's going to change their um their process, um, you know, because I think that's what it's kind of what it all comes down to is just keeping the process fresh mm-hmm. and not letting it get too labored where you lose motivation. Um, you know, and so we cover mm-hmm. off how to stay inspired, how to listen differently. And actually, you know, what we just did today was a perfect example of um, what it looks like to listen with a student mind and mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. also with the heart open, you know, mm-hmm. listen from an emotional standpoint. We go deep on plugins and how to kind of shape and, and uh, carve out space for the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, we touch on the body a lot. You know, I think it's something yeah. that's overlooked in vocalists, especially when we get into technical stuff. We mm-hmm. kind of forget that like, oh, your instrument has a lot to do with your abdomen and your muscles and like understanding posture, you know? Yeah. So I'm actually excited mm-hmm. for people that maybe have been a little bit more in the, the head with music to, to actually get into their, their bodies um, as singers or as players, of course, as well, mm-hmm. even as producers. I mean, honestly, you know, a, a great mixer t- used to tell me that when he was working on the, the demo, um, you know, listening to the demo from the band and, and working on the mix, he'd always listen for where, their their head would 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 um would knock to the beat would hmm. would, would they be down on the snare mm-hmm. or back on the snare which part did they start moving to because that's going to tell them the, the 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 part of the song that they're most excited about and therefore mm-hmm. as the mixer that's the part he needs to work on the most so you know even as a producer or sort of engineer being in touch with your body when you listen to sound and make sound is um is actually maybe an overlooked thing and 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 I think something that a probably woman's perspective is, is good at opening Absolutely. too so yeah i'm excited i'm excited for people to learn and um i had a great time making it so yeah you guys were awesome to work with thank you and we're beyond stoked i i think to me too like the biggest takeaway is 
you're learning from an artist that has developed her own voice mm-hmm. in, as a vocalist, as an artist, as a producer, and, and in her own creativity. And you're learning that perspective because that's a, as a music education company, I think that's the most important thing that we could possibly mm. be doing is teaching people how they can find their own Absolutely. voice. Right, yeah. It's not necessarily like just make music like Kimber because one, I think that's impossible to replicate. So good luck trying to just do that. Anybody out there, but you will learn like how to, how to do like some of those amazing things that you do, of course, but the most important thing, finding your own voice, that's right. finding your own avenue and, and make the music that you want to make. Uh, yeah, we could not be more excited about it. Is there anything else going on? I, I, you know, obviously, if you want to keep some things, there's some things in the rep. You already shared already, that you're remixing. I'm excited about two the, things you the mentioned Remy in Wolf track, <laughs> Sun Lux tra- record. Like, the, we've already broken some amazing uh, bits of news here yeah. uh, that we're all excited about. But is there anything else that you want to share uh, with our listeners? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm um, actually out in New Zealand for a little while. I'm part of a project out here um, that is coming out soon, which is actually all about mentorship. Which is very, very cool. much <laughs> like the Soundfly course, yeah. Mentorship of young artists who are um, looking to to kind of go on this this TV show and um, become the next kind of you know big pop star of New Zealand. And I'm I'm mm. I'm helping um, as as the the judge of the show and also you know mentoring these artists. So I'm really so in cool. that zone right now of helping people yeah. um, find their unique voice, and I'm really enjoying the mentorship aspect because it's kind of a good way to get out of your own head when you're working on um you know your fourth album it's like good to be able to just sit and spend time with other artists um so i'm really enjoying that the album's close to being done um we're you know shooting the album cover soon the photo shoot and you know stuff like that is starting to come through um i'm also working on a collaborative mixtape which i plan to drop soon after the fourth album which is all collaborations awesome um, with with some amazing people and it's um yeah it'll be more like a mixtape um of sorts and uh yeah the plan is to put out a lot of music this year um that's exciting it's been well we've all been cooped up you know and it's like (laughs) i really feel like a responsibility as an artist to kind of you know really drop it like it's hot (laughs) as snoop would say you know (laughs) Well, we hope, I mean, we hope you get to perform soon yeah. and, and get out there live. And of course, if you're on the West Coast of the U.S., we'll be there for sure. Hell um, yeah. Just so, so stoked to have you on the podcast. And, yeah, thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. This was really fun. And that's going to do it for this episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. We want to know the songs you love that are dominated by vocals. So as always, there's a link to a Spotify community playlist in our show notes. Feel free to add your selections there. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for themes for a future episode, drop us a line at podcast at soundfly.com. And be sure to check out soundfly.com for all of your music learning needs. We have an incredible range of courses, including our brand new offering, Kimbra Vocal Creativity, Arranging and Production. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme.